Hi, Matt. Uh, great to be on the show again. My name is Brett Richards. I am the CEO of uh, Goldshore Resources. We trade on the Toronto Venture Exchange under GSHR and on the OTCQB in the US under, under GSHRF. Uh, we are uh, kind of an emerging development company. We acquired the Moss Lake project from West Dome Gold Mines for $52 million in cash and shares last year. We were admitted for trading on June 4th of 2021 of uh, last year. And we have embarked on a very large and comprehensive exploration program, which uh, which I'd love to share with uh, your viewers. Brad, good to see you again. And we caught up uh, face-to-face back in November in London, um, it, which was the first time we'd heard the story. And I was kind of fascinated by how you're going to move this thing forward. Um, tell, tell me this. You, you, since after we spoke, you raised a little bit more money um, to kind of to, to, actually, to what ends? You've got 20 million now, uh, war chest. What are you going to be doing with it? So, you know, you're right. We we uh, we put away 10 million dollars in November, and we put away another 10 million dollars just recently. And the rationale is, you know, I, I like to raise money when it's available, not when we need it. And this is the, the we had so much support recently uh, for this last financing that. You know, this is really kind of helps our, our strategy of accelerating the, the development, which is already uh, quite, uh, quite uh, large. But we're going to be moving up to eight or nine drill rigs on the Moss Lake project, which is going to have two or three rigs at Moss Lake and two or three rigs at uh, Cold Stream and North Cold Stream and Iris Lake and also two or three rigs down the southwest at, at Hanlon Lake. So we're really accelerating um, kind of the program, and 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 that you know that's really the use of proceeds is gonna uh, is going to be uh, be specifically for that. Okay, and I, I do want to talk about that kind of ver- verification info and step out drilling, um, and also the copper component too. But um, you 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 used a phrase there which we sometimes talk about with 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 uh, companies and bankers, which is you like to take the money when you can. When, when it's available, not when you need it. Just give us that. Give us the rationale behind that. Sure. So I we left uh, 2021. We had around uh, I'm going to say around 16 or 17 million dollars in the bank, and you know we had a, a you know adequate supply to uh, to you know service uh, our exploration program well into 2022. Um, there, there were a number of geopolitical events and a number of you know global events that happened in Q1 that made me very nervous. And the first one was starting to see the signs of hyperinflation. We, we started to get the report back on Q3, Q4, US CPI inflation being kind of 7% between 5.5% and 6% in Q3 and 7% going forward. Um, and then we, we started to hear about the crisis between you know, Russia and the Ukraine. And it, for me, it, it resonated that this risk-off approach with investors um, could actually, you know, get larger than what it did in February and into early March. And the the markets were still open for financing, so I made the decision, irrespective of the impact it has on dilution. And I am very sensitive to dilution, but I simply didn't want to be in a position in June, July, or August where. The market was completely closed due to other kind of macro factors in the world, and and we and, and we have to start to kind of decelerate our exploration program, and that's just not a good place to be. So we put away another ten million dollars uh, in uh, in in March and and closed it early April, 
And, um, you know, we're well positioned now to get through our program, you know, get well down the road in our program uh, for the balance of this year. Right. I mean, that's a really important part to kind of help your shareholders or people looking in to understand because, you know, you are, you know, still a small company at this point. Albeit with uh, all categories, four million ounces, you know, you're sub $60 million. There's been a lot of pressure on junior equities, especially in, in, in the mining space for the last few months. Um, but you felt this is worth the risk because it gives you control of the, the near and, and medium term. So in terms of being able to do what you want, you think this is, it's, it's dilution worth taking now? Yeah, it's painful. And, and let's face it, you know, from our original 100 million outstanding shares, we've increased our share float by 35% throughout the three fundraisings. And, uh, and, and I get it, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's not ideal, but what we're trying to do and when we're continuing to be consistent with what we said from the beginning, and that is we are trying to create as much value in as short a period of time as possible. And then, and then once we've done that, and once we see the results of our efforts in not only a, a resource estimation update, that's going to come at the end of this year and, and maybe January of next year, but also a brand new PEA based on the uh, larger resource. And, and, and when we get to that stage, then yeah, we'll, we'll determine what the future looks like then. But getting there as fast as possible in this very, very volatile and, and, and fragile market, I think is, is very, very important. But is, is that a factor of, you know, we, we talked about the, the quality of the board last time out. Is in terms of your experience, is obviously time is money, cliche, but, but true. Um, do you, well, first of all, was there 100% consensus on, on that thinking? And um, why, why do you think that is the right course of action? Because the, the, you know, some people would come on here and go, hey, we just need to hunker down. We need to kind of wait this thing out. The market's not quite there yet. Let's just wait it out. What, why is your choice the best choice? Um, I, I think, you know, as we've talked before, Matt, uh, I have a very balanced board of, of senior guys who have been around this business uh, you know, some of them 30 years, in my, in my case, 36 years. Uh, I've seen a number of cycles. I've also seen companies go down for the wrong reasons. 2008 was a good reason. It wasn't a good reason, but I saw a lot of great companies fail as a result of it. We saw speed bumps in, in other kind of, you know, Black Thursday, Black Monday. We've, we've seen other major, major events uh, with good companies where they've lost 80, 90% of their value. I just felt that if, if we could solidify the coffers to to get us through our program, then it, it de-risks our approach to you know creating this value. And and I think the you know, there was 100% consensus to do this. I did a, a presentation for our board and, and 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 shared my view. And the younger guys on the board who maybe haven't seen as many cycles, who are you know they're 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 very aggressive and they're and they're entrepreneurial and they 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 do all the right things. Even they said, you know what, this is a good idea because you're, you're, you're protecting the downside. And I like to always protect the downside first. And yeah, we want to explore the upside and we're going to be able to do that, but we're going to do it on our terms. And, and I think beyond eight, nine, 10 months, I don't think we can predict what that's going to be. And quite frankly, the dilution to go beyond that just doesn't make any sense. So it was a, just a, a balance. Okay, understood, understood. So the, the ambition and the intent is there. Um, let, let's go and talk about the drilling because um, that's the, the easy, that was the easiest bit for me to understand last time out. You said, right, we're going to add another 100,000 uh, meters to the already 110 at, at Moss Lake, um, 25 verification 
25 uh, infill, um, I think it was 25 step out, and then a remainder on our copper component. So what have you done since I we last spoke in November? Yeah, we, we've really, we, we, we've got through some of the program, probably not as much as uh, we would have liked to have. Why, uh, there why? were a number of... There were a number of factors through kind of December, uh, January, February. We had we had a really, really hard COVID spell up north. We had 70% more snowfall this year. We, we had over 11, 11 feet of snow, which is about three meters of snow in Thunder Bay. Um, so there, there were days where we couldn't we actually couldn't work at all because of so much snowfall. And, and, and you know, compounding the snowfall, we had, you know, colder than normal uh, weather conditions. We had, I think, 30 days over minus 30 degrees Celsius. So it was just challenging. And we prepare for all that as best we can. There's a lot of things you just physically can't do in, in this climate. So we had tempered our expectations of what we were going to do this winter, which the $10 million raise now allows us to actually ramp up and scale up and 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 actually perform faster than we had originally planned. Uh, and yeah, we're going to make up for some a bit of ground, but we're still on target. We're and and this is the calibration to get through this program this year has always been there. And it's just sometimes you have to you have to, it flexes a bit. So we've got through you know you know, around 20, 21,000 meters now, and um, and yeah, we're going to go probably probably thirty to. 40,000 meters a quarter between now and the end of the year. So we, we may well get that done before the begin, before the end of the year, but um, you know, uh, let's, let's, let's plan for, uh, let's plan for success. And, and, and quite frankly, that's what we've done. Okay. So break down the type of drillings for me again, if you don't mind, because uh, yep. you're already sitting on 4 million ounces of all categories, 1.5 of the M&I, right? You, the, <laughs> yep. the, clearly you picked this, we picked this up from West Dome. Um, there's some verification uh, drilling you, you mentioned you wanted to do. Do you think now having had a bit of time on the ground, you don't need to do as much as the 25? Do you think you can do a bit more that uh, the data is good? Um, and you can do more of this infill drilling because you're aiming for 10, 10 million Answers. That's what you keep telling markets. What you told me. <clears throat> yep. And yeah, we, we probably will um, kind of rebalance uh, what we do for verification, what we do for infill, what we do for step out. Um, I think one of the big things that 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 uh, I think changed the game a little bit on March the second, we put out a press release where we had drilled into a feeder structure in in hole eight, and those results came back. We drilled it in December, but the results just came back in March and. That speaks to a bit of the assay turnaround time still too, but we we ended up hitting a, a target of, you know, uh, six grams, uh, almost six grams at, at sixty one meters, uh, and th there were some there were some you know substantial components within that hole nine meters at eight grams etc. Whereby it um, it was quite meaningful. So we started to look at what we had done with um uh you know what we had done with the, the vtem survey we we on march 10th put out a uh we put out a a press release on the interpretation of that vtem survey to give everybody kind of a better understanding so that six meters at kind of six six grams per ton at 60 meters that we had put out on march 2nd was a, was a big hole it was like two 270 meters at a gram so it was a very 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 solid hole for us. Now we we took the VTEM interpretation. We took the geophysical signature of Moss Lake and we extrapolated it over our entire land package. 
And what it reveals is 11 brand new targets at, at uh, Moss Lake that are, I'll, I'll say brand new, they are outside of the existing resource, but there is known mineralization there because there's historic drilling that has illustrated there's 1.2, 1.3 grams over 50, 60, 100 meters in, in some cases. So I think the, the recalibration of what we need to verify, the recalibration of how we're going to you know, uh, scope this out so we can show a path to 10 million ounces uh, has changed. It It's a positive change for sure, because in that VTEM uh, interpretation, and, and I'm going to project now a little further, we have 29 undrilled high priority targets. Uh, some of them are up at Coldstream and North Coldstream and Iris Lake that have been identified. And some of them are down at Hamlin Lake, which are these two uh, areas are copper gold, but we've also done some historic, uh, we've done some historic um, uh, logging and assaying of North Coldstream core uh, that has been previously unsampled. And we came up with 0.2 to 0.5% cobalt. So there, there's so many permutations, very, very positive permutations we start to you drill into as far as the data goes, we just now need to start and prioritize. Our first priority is a, is tier one asset. We want to make this Moss Lake a tier one asset. 10 million ounces is the, the base for that, that statement. And, and we want to show a path to get there. Everything else is what I would say free upside, but this free upside is starting to look more and more attractive as we start to gather more data. And this whole process has been data driven. Right. But it's, it's free upside if it doesn't distract you, right? Because, you know, putting out six grams over 60 meters uh, at Moss Lake is great, but it's different from what people, uh, what, different from what you expected, I suspect, and different from what the story you've been telling, right? See, there was yep. barely a blip in the market. Market moved to about 5% came straight back off again after that, that headline. So yep. they want you, if you are talking about an accelerated delivery into an up upgraded resource and hopefully a, a, a PEA in Q1 next year uh, on, on that, um, they want you to be laser focus so is that a distraction or is that is that genuine value to the current story or is it going to sidetrack you somewhat oh i actually think um uh, we can do everything and, and you know we're not going to be all thing to all people but there's only so much work we can be doing at moss lake and four rigs is is about the the our ability to to do it there's a number of you know i don't want to get into the details but there's a number of uh, logistic matters there are there's permitting there is road permitting there's water permitting there's trail permitting all those things have to kind of be done in kind of a sequence so managing more than four rigs is probably a bit unmanageable um, and collecting and analyzing and interpreting that data is is our first priority but we still have bandwidth to to, to work outside of that and get drilling out in kind of cold stream to test some of these you know also high priority targets and the assays will come back in six, eight, 12 weeks, and we'll, we'll start to look at them then. But getting the drilling done is, is the most important. Using the seasonality, so we're going to use the spring, the summer, and the fall, the, 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 the typically dry air time, to be able to get out into the bush and to be able to do all of this. Okay, okay. And, and a 
Because it's like, it's almost like there's sort of information overload in, in, in a way. You get 20, 29 undrilled high priority targets. Awesome. But they're just that. They're targets, right? But, you know, how do you go about prioritizing what's important and what's not? You've said the drilling is important. You know, you laid that out for me in November. You've been repeating it in the market steadily. Um, and, and, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, more of the same, please. But how, how, because you and you, I know you got twenty million, but it's you're sort of cash constrained in the sense that if you're going to deliver an updated resource, it's got to be better than what went before. You're going to hopefully bring more inferred over to in, into the M and I category. That you've probably allocated a budget for that, and you know what that you know what you've kind of got left to do all of these other non core priority things, if any of them. So, how have you broken that down? So, you know, we're we're probably going to spend you know uh, half of our time half of our energy, half of our spend, and half of our, our drilling capacity uh, from now until, let's call it June, um, on, on, on Moss Lake. And, and, I, and I say half because we're only operating at half capacity right now. So it's 100% of our, of our, of our, our, uh, our capacity. But when we go from four rigs to eight rigs, we're still going to have those four rigs uh, operating at Moss Lake. And, and, and you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't change our focus uh, I think, you know, the uh, prioritizing these targets is, is quite easy. First of all, we had the, this high grade feeder structure. So when we did that, and, and I've worked with this guy, he's the, the, the world's most renowned structural geologist. His name's Dr. Brett Davis. He's out of Australia. He's going to be coming over for two months to work with our team and work with Pete Flindell in, in order to kind of figure out the structural uh, attributes of this deposit because we want to find where these feeder structures are because they are going to guide us to, I'll say, the most robust, um, I'll say, the most robust uh, portions or parts of the deposit. And they're going to increase, uh, let's call it, uh, they're going to increase our ability, our mineability of those areas rather than just look at, you know, a 0.3 cutoff and one gram deposit. We might be looking, we're looking for starter pits. We're looking for high grade areas where we can maximize the NPV, maximize the cash flow at a PEA. So those are going to be the, the targets for Moss Lake and stepping it out. Yeah, it, it, it's meaningful because we're going to have to pull a lot of ounces into inferred. Um, it doesn't mean that they're going to stay in inferred. It just means that we, you know, we're, we're going to, we, 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 there's only so much infill drilling we can do. And then with time we have to do it and let's face it, we're trying to create a story here. And that story, we want to be attractive to many, many mining companies who have the capacity to t- kind of take this forward. The original PEA had a $500 million CapEx Canadian. And that was the updated one from 2020. That's the pre-construction CapEx. And that's what I call CapEx. What's it take you to get into production? Because everything else is paid for out of your cost of, uh, out of your production. And that $500 million is, is, a, is a project that's available to a lot of companies. And I could go raise that money today. But when we're talking about a billion five project, we're talking about three times the size, three times the capital for the most part. We're talking about a limited number of maybe 30 or 40 companies who who this will be attractive to. And when Mark Bristol pounds the table at the Denver Gold Show or at Mines of Money and says, we are looking for tier one assets in tier one jurisdictions, and that's our number one priority. Well, I would like to deliver one to the market like that. And that's why we have taken the stance and said, you know what, let's focus on Moss Lake. Let's leave this. We'll work on this upside to the best of our ability. But this upside is, is starting to become 
uh, uh, important enough that we need to understand it before we just push it aside. Okay, actually, that's that's a really important um, distinction between you and some of the other uh, companies that, like, that that come on here who who talk the pretend the we'll get into production ourselves game. Okay, you're saying having worked at tier one companies, you know, the, the Kinross's and Katana and Newmont and blah blah blah, you know what they need to see. You can package it up for them, but you're going to have to help the market understand. This is what the big boys want. This is what this is what whether it be Mark Bristol or whomever. So we need to package it in this way. So making a nice, neat, tidy, small um, project is is one thing, but we don't need to waste our money doing that. We can be a little bit broader because we, as long as the data is there for these companies to interpret the data and model the data how they want, we can show them that this is truly tier one, not just saying it, mm-hmm. but truly tier one. And you know you, the, the, the the jurisdiction is the jurisdiction, right? So, so can you just again, just really clear, simple terms? What, what exact? What what does the data need to look like for those guys? Because it's not the conventional prepackaged study route entire on, on the entire package, is it? No, and, and it's not just let's drill some holes, get the assays, put them in the market, and wave our arms. It's not that at all. We have a extremely We've gone through a very extremely robust process. We've used Oryx Geoscience in Toronto to, to cleanse all of the data from a QAQC standpoint. They have collaborated all of the data, 30,000 units of data over the last 50 years of exploration that's gone on in this project. We have digitized everything and it's on a de- database that is of a quality that the majors would use themselves. And it's been, it's been cleansed from a QA, QC perspective. We threw out a lot of data simply because it didn't pass the, the, the QA, QC test. And, and we've been adding to that data. Now it's not just about drilling. It's about project viability. You know, I, I, I look at this and, and this is what attracted to me originally. Yeah, you can see 4 million ounce deposits or not very many, but you can see million ounce deposits in, in lots of places. But will they ever be a mine? And the answer is not all of them will be. And very few of them actually are. Maybe 10% of them, maybe less than 10% of them will be actually become a mine. And, and they need either hyper gold prices to do it or they need, you know, or there's, there's circumstances in order for them to be a mine. The circumstances and the factors required to build this project on Moss Lake, every box, in my view, is going to be ticked when we're done. And that is infrastructure. We are on the Trans-Canada Highway. We have 10 cent kilowatt hour power running by us. We have natural gas, a four lane highway, two main rail spurs, CN and CP rail, with a rail spur on our site. We have, we're 14 kilometers off that Trans-Canada Highway. This, this, this whole Shabando on Greenstone Belt is really ripe to build a mining camp like Timmins and Red Lake and Abitibi. It's, 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 it's actually better because we have infrastructure available. So then we say, okay, if it's not just about the drilling, yes, it's about project viability and about the infrastructure. Tell me now the other factors of the project that are important because it's not just about the, the resource. It's about the metallurgy. So we're going through an extensive uh, um, a program of geometallurgical kind of domain um, characteristics, and, and we're identifying them, and then we're going to do a, a ton of uh, ge- uh, geometallurgical and metallurgical test work. Because again, we need to de- de-risk this project on every box that uh, somebody is going to look at this on, and metallurgy can kill projects. Not going to kill this one, but we need to prove that. And there's been a lot of there's been some metallurgical test work done so far, but not a lot. 
Right, but everything, everything's saying so far for me, um, Brad, is what lots of other companies come on and talk about. I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get in, trying to help get you to help me understand, and therefore this audience understand is right. When you're talking to these large cap companies, and even even some of the mid-tier companies who would, whose balance sheets could take this thing forward, the, what precisely or how precisely do you have to lay the data? Do you have to say, look, we believe that this is the best location for the, the, the open pit. This is the best location for the mill. You know about the infrastructure. Clearly, the grade is fairly homogenous. It's, it is, for the following reasons, it is quite like Deet, what you see up at Detour, Detour. you know, um, and, and, and others. But I'm, I'm more interested in the precise nature of the conversation, which says, because otherwise you just sound like everyone else, right? What, what sure. is that conversation that says, hey, Brett, lay it out like this, I'm in. Yeah. So if you look at the historic uh, PEA, and, and well, we're obviously going to do a new one, it illustrates everything from site layout, infrastructure, camp, mill, uh, tailings dam, all of that, and 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 the optimum locations for that. We'll redo that, and, and part of our PEA will be will be laying all of that out once again, and and then laying out the path to uh, to construction, and and that'll be permitting. It'll be you know obviously financing, and it'll be the construction period. So we'll we'll be laying all that out in great detail when we do the PEA, but. Again, the, the starting point is they've already done this once on a smaller scale for the 2013 PEA that was updated in 2020. And not a lot has changed. You know, the, the, nothing has been developed up in this area. It is, it is for the, for the most part, um, uh, uninhabited and, 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 and parts of, you know, there's a lot of parts of Canada that are very uninhabited, even those near the Trans Canada Highway. Okay. Here, here's a sort of slight, slight segue in this. I spoke to a CEO last year of a mid-tier uh, company. He was he said, right, I've looked through 25 DFSs this year. Five of them are viable. Not not because of price, not because of anything other than uh, 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 than the, uh, or econ in economics, they're all broadly the same. They're always saying, oh, we're all great projects. But he said, the work that was done was of such a poor quality that when I look at this data, five of these things can become a mine. The rest is fantasy. That's why I'm pushing you on this, you know, in terms of sure. your experience of, you know, you've referred to earlier in the conversation, not many of these things become mines. So what, yeah. what leads you to believe that this is one that will become a mine? Uh, you know, it's my gut, it's my instinct, first of all. And after 36 years, I, I have good instincts when it comes to, to this, but that's not enough. Um, and we are going to use a tier one uh, uh, consultancy to perform the PEA. We're not going to do it quasi in-house. We're not going to, you know, have, have uh, Joe down the street do it. And I've seen these and, and I, and I've seen kind of one man consulting firms and uh, it's not a slam against them, but they get steered in a particular way. We may end up having to give up some of the upside in order to preserve the quality of what it is we actually present at the end of the day. So we may have 10 million ounces, but maybe only 7 million ounces gets pulled into the shell because the consulting firm's only comfortable pulling that amount of resource in because that is a viable project. And yes, there's upside beyond that, maybe phase two, maybe phase three, like Detour did, but they're going to be very conservative because they have to stand behind this. But I also have to stand behind this. And when I when I look at the majors and who they use, that is who we're going to use. I'm not going to, I'm not going to subrogate and, and try and maximize the value because again, it, it, it gets criticized and it's easy to criticize the, the, the quality uh, or the assumptions made along the way. You're trying to 
you know, everybody's trying to kind of maximize the NAV or the NPV of the project they're doing so they can maximize the price. And I'm trying to maximize the price from a realistic standpoint on a project that's going to be very doable and credible. This is about as much credibility as it is about maximizing the price. And if for whatever reason we say that, hey, this is a billion dollar project and, and, and the consultant determines it's only 780 or 800, then that's the real number to me. It's not what somebody will, it's not what somebody tells you they think it's worth, it's what somebody will pay for it. On, a, on, a, on data that's of a quality that they can accept on their own. I don't want somebody coming in redoing all the data. Now, that's why we've said from the very beginning, Pete and I said that we're going to do this to a standard that'll be acceptable to the major. Everything we do, policy, procedure, QA, QC, drilling, our standards are going to be just like we're used to working in our whole careers. And we're not going to deviate from that. And there's a cost to that, but we're not deviating from it. Yeah, well, I think the proof will be in the pudding because um, it, it will you, be. you've laid out your stall and the mid-tiers and, and majors will come along and, and have a look. And if they say no, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit harder for you or yep. some other group to kind of raise the money because you, you've said this, this is sure. what's real looks like and anything less than that will not do. And, and I think there, there's a way to do this as well, Matt. You know, I, I, because otherwise, if you run into a wall and you don't create the environment, the auction environment or that, that, that buyer environment that you, you want, it's like selling a house. If, if all of a sudden you, you think it's worth X and, and, and you want to sell it and, and you get a whole bunch of people come through your house and then nobody, you get no offers. That's not a good situation to be in. It means your price is going to go down. And I don't want that situation. So there will be, yeah, I'm going to bring a whole bunch of people to the stable. But there may be a come point in time when I close the doors to the farm and I don't let anybody in. And, 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 and that is going to kind of create the environment that, that, that depending on the results, but I, I don't want to be in a situation where, you know, I, I have to close, I have to, I, I, I don't have any offers. I, I, everybody looks at this and says, well, that's not for us. Um, so this is a balancing act, you know, about bringing people along and getting people to, to, uh, to understand the story but there always has to be, you know, that that hook. There always has to be that 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 greater upside, and and maybe the copper component is that, and maybe the cobalt component is that. Um, every gold company, every major gold company, is also a copper company in this world. Uh, absolutely, we haven't touched on the copper component. I mean, again, last time you said you you would leave maybe ten, um, fifteen thousand meters to the copper component. Has your thinking changed on that? Yeah, it, it has changed. It, it's actually going to be greater. And, um, and I think we're going to try and hit uh, the cold stream area uh, a little harder than we originally planned. Um, again, it's, it's early, early times to say that because we're still trying to mobilize drilling companies in order to bring the rigs in order to do that and the permitting, et cetera. But strategically, I think we wanna, we wanna put more meters into the ground up a cold stream. Uh, find, finding this cobalt uh, on the kind of unsampled North cold stream core uh, is is more significant than 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 uh, than I'm leading on to be. Um, we, we we and I, I put it in the market, so it's 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 very it's very open out there. But we we found 0.2 to 0.5 percent cobalt in in a couple of samples at North Coldstream. That's a mine in its in its own right today. Now, how contiguous is it? And and this is what I said. I don't know because it's you know one one data point doesn't make a trend, and and we need multiple data points to figure out whether this is real or whether it's just a it's just an anomaly, but it's 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 a, obviously it's a, an interesting sign, 
and we're going to chase it up because this is this is this is important. And and uh, you know we just saw visible gold in in the last holes we were uh, were drilling. I put that in the marketplace as well. So I think there's a lot of signals, a lot of a lot of signs here that point to a kind of a district scale mining camp beginning. I remember seeing um, you know Timmins grow from very early on in my career. It all already was quite large, but it was it was starting to kind of really grow exponentially. And Red Lake did the same thing. You know, they went from two or three mines to thirteen mines, and 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 they really you know they really kind of they they grew uh, you know and they they grew very quickly. I think the Shibando on Greenstone Belt can be the same. Okay, well, lots to do between now and then. In the meantime, focus. So we should be focused on uh, resource update by what end of this year, beginning of next. Uh, beginning of next, I, I think January will be the time we okay. uh, we put it out. We're going to do a lot of work prior to that, but January is the timeline. Okay, and then PA sometime in Q one. End of Q one. End of Q one. It'll, take, th- it'll take three months. Right, and you've got enough money to get there. Uh, we got enough money to get there, Good. but that would run the run the coffers down quite low. Right, um, but, on vapor. Uh, but yeah, towards the end, yeah, on vapor. Yeah, we 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 could certainly get there. I, that's not my style to run the coffers down to zero, but but um, uh, I think I think we have a lot of news flow coming out. So we have drill results every three or four weeks coming out. We have other things that we're doing that will come out uh, on a regular basis. There's going to be a lot of news flow that comes out, and quite frankly. Yeah, the macro is the macro. I can't control that. I don't drive that, but I still believe that gold is going to trade between eighteen hundred and twenty-two hundred dollars for the foreseeable future. I'm not a big three thousand dollar gold guy. I don't even think it's going to spike up that high, but I do think we're we're in a new level here. We we've just seen some resistance, and we're we're down at nineteen thirty, uh, and that's the resistance. So I, I think we're we're at a, we're in a new paradigm now. We we just had interest rates, um, you know, jack up twenty five points and fifty points. Um, we're going to we're going to see gold trade here for a while. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely on that. Um, I think we have the same um, belief system on that. Um, hey, well, look, Brett, um, thanks for the update. And sorry, I was going to drill down on you there, but I just I just want to be the market to understand where you're at because I say you know when you've made some of these announcements in the past, I think it's it's just it's not registered exactly the model that you're employing here and i think that obviously the drilling drill bit will talk a little bit more and hopefully some of these other initiatives will do for the rest of the year but stay in touch we'll see you soon maybe get a bit technical next time okay we'll do okay matt thanks for thanks for the time